group of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about prehensile tales. I am Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is Jason. And before we start, I just have to say... Praise be Lady Gaga. She's a great actress. She's a great singer. I was just thinking about her this week. I'm simping for her, so let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Did you watch her new movie? I really want to. <laughs> I saw I saw a little preview of her with it. I was like, oh, she's so amazing. Okay, I'm out of the loop. Wait a minute. What's the new movie? The House of Gucci. Oh, like, it's that one. Like... Yeah, never I mind. Don't like... I'm in the loop. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't like Adam Driver, but like... I love this, and I, I was explaining it to Ian um, yesterday, and he, and I was trying to remember the la- the last guy. I was trying to remember Al Pacino, and I was like, I was like the gun thing, Scarface, and he's like Al Pacino. I was like, I was like no, and I was like other gangster, and he's like Robert De Niro. I was like yes, Robert De Niro. And then translate Al Pacino. I was like all I remember is Al Pacino and Robert De Niro gangsters. That's all I know them for. I'm like there's but... famous people in this movie. I swear it's a well stacked cast. What are their names? <laughs> I just knew like four out of five that were in the poster, except for the last one. I just couldn't remember. It's like gangster guy. <laughs> oh yeah, and Jared Leto's in it, but he has like a ton of makeup. Is it Leto or Leto? I don't know. He's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody um... cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that. Uh, that movie did look very good. I did want to see that. Uh, very exciting. Also, a little personal goal. I would love to be able to do a Matthew McConaughey impersonation, but that's just not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all for it whenever you're ready to lay it on us. <laughs> Welcome to our celebrity podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, today, we are actually discussing Animorphs Book 11, The Forgotten, the book that didn't happen. <laughs> do, 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 twist. <laughs> I do I think it's hilarious how the outside cover quote never has anything to do with the plot like this one just says nothing is what it seems it's like okay cool but it really was what it seemed <laughs> and then in the end... yeah well except for the end but we'll get there but like oh yeah like I said tell you before I liked like 98% of this book <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like we mentioned last week, got some problematic stuff. Oh yes! Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope I remember to keep my notes for that. There was, I think, it was Marco said something problematic, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, we won't get really into that until next week. So yeah, but they do. This is like their first trip outside of their hometown, I guess, except for I technically when they went into the ocean. Yeah, going miles deep into the ocean definitely counts. But yeah, big field trip, this one. Yeah, and then, so then the quote on the inside says, here, kitty, kitty. It's like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Something that that Visitor 3 would say. (laughs) Yeah, because he loves cats. We don't get any of him. He doesn't like the jaguar. This is a jaguar book, and he doesn't make any comments about it. He's like, no, tigers, tigers are bust. I also felt like, Jake's tiger morph could have he could have morphed more tiger to get through a lot of issues through the jungle than he did you know right? like he's just like yeah. oh this yeah. works and then he morphs out as we'll we'll talk about and then yeah. and then it's just like go, go that was helpful go back to that <laughs> yeah right like like why do you well I mean he needed to acquire the jaguar so it didn't eat him um again we'll get to a lot of this next <laughs> yes. week we're, we're jumping ahead a but, little bit uh but yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a jungle book, everybody. <laughs> yes, we do a jungle book. So, also the cover is is pretty boring. 
The inside is also boring. Here you go. Spot, 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 spot. Yeah, Jaguars are still pretty cute. I mean, it's like he the the middle one is like he's getting his face painted at a um at a fair. Yeah, <laughs> though, very true. Uh, personally, I love how just like jaguars tend to have they have like some bellies on them, so they're 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 hefty cats, and I always enjoy seeing. Well, just... there. You guys there... see the creepy monkey? No, wait a minute. Uh, can you show that? Yeah, the black spot. Or is it in the? Oh, wait a minute. It's, bla- it's the black spot there. Uh, okay, so it's... we're looking on the inside cover of uh, Morgan's books, and it's a rainforest, and then there's like a silhouette of a creepy spider monkey, like, in the trees. It it looks like it's got, like, glowing eyes, so very creepy. That's a creepy. haunted uh, spider monkey. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's a ghost of a spider a monkey. I know we're going to get into jaguar facts, but jaguars are, like, pretty fearsome. Like, they'll eat caimans. Yes. Like, really good swimmers. They, like, in, in India, jaguars commonly, like, go into, like, obviously humans are expanding into, like, their natural habitat, but, like, jaguars fuck up people in India, like, all the time. Is it jaguars? Like, I think they're panthers in India. Uh, jaguars, might and, be lep- you might, jaguars and panthers. might be leopards. Jaguars and panthers and leopards are, like, the same animal, I think. Like, a black panther is just a leopard. It's just with a different yeah. pigmentation. Like, Could also be a mountain lion, like some black pan. So, like panthers are actually just black variations of other big cats. I don't have to do this. You guys can do the animal facts this time around. This is great. <laughs> I just, I just like, I'm just like leopards are one of those animals where I'm like very impressed by because they are in so many different habitats and they like they rule. They do not yeah. do not fuck with them. Yeah, we have a lep. Well, leopards are Africa, and this is a jaguar because we're in South America. So, but we don't, we, so we get a lot of big cat books. We eventually get like a cheetah book, but we never get a leopard book. Although there is a leopard in a book later and we can talk about leopard. Oh, totally. We'll we'll definitely dive into that. So many. It's kind of like dogs where it's like, we're going to have a few books with dog facts. We're going to have a few books with big cat facts. (laughs) Lots of birds, you know, some, some themes. Okay, big cats of India, Indian leopard, clouded leopard, so that's the Himalayas, snow leopard, Himalayas, Bengal tiger, uh, and uh, Asiatic lion. Thank you, Ooh. Google. Mm. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> but I don't, I think, I think jaguar is just native oh, to just the Americas. Oh, actually, you know, yes. again, we will get to these facts next week. We're, we're just giving you spoilers. <laughs> yes, yeah. We're going to like get into yeah. this book and then, you know, just save all the good stuff for the last half. <laughs> We're obviously very hype. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get into the real action. Well, before we do, just let everybody know we are going to be playing the Animorphs Bingo for this episode, which oh, you yes. can see on our Twitter account. So it was posted October 24th. So take it, save it. You guys can follow along with us. But yeah, we're going to be playing Bingo. Whoop, whoop. Hell yeah. Or, or the better variation which is the drinking game <laughs> yes yes i mean i'm i'm 27 going on 62 but you know we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i can't today because i just got my booster shot yeah. like literally two hours ago <laughs> so we have a, we have so a timer on you too like a, a basically yeah. <laughs> a two-hour morph on morgan here turn into a pumpkin <laughs> yeah and did we mention this episode is sponsored by Microsoft? <laughs> <laughs> I double right. checked. Jaguars are only South American, um, but you do get obviously Ooh. variations of those big, big cats. They're they're very close relatives in uh, Asia. And this Africa. book is the only way I can tell the difference between leopards and jaguars. I cannot tell the difference visually, but I know where they live differently. So. <laughs> okay. 
Um, oh, also, we haven't mentioned this is a Jake book. Oh, um, yeah, it is a Jake book. Can I just say, I'm a little... I'd lo- I prefer this book is an interesting concept. I would have preferred it by somebody else's point of view. It was a little I, boring. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think Marco might be my favorite narrator. Like, I'm not like 100% behind Marco all the time, but like, I think he might be my favorite narrator. He's gotten better yeah. after the first few books and a lot of problematic characteristics of Marco. He's definitely evened out to being more likable. I see. <laughs> I'm seeing now why he's a lot of people's favorites. Um, okay, so we start um, with Jake giving a little primer on the Yerks. He also goes into the fact that he was a controller once, but that was nothing compared to the horror that he was now subject I to. I will attest, it is a true horror what they make you do in gym class. Square dancing <laughs> is no joke. It is utter <laughs> humiliation yeah. for everyone. We've, we've told a lot of jokes so far, but we want to take a moment. And just like, can we make a PSA here? That yeah. <laughs> this is truly horrifying when it is forced upon you. In, I mean, in the, you have to do it in your gym clothes. You're most unflattering gym clothes when you're yep. just hitting puberty and no not everybody i swear not everybody that maybe half the class has discovered body deodorant and that half also thinks <laughs> that body deodorant is acceptable like like uh the more the no, better uh, yeah the more the better and it unfortunately it's always axe axe body deodorant is the worst if you have to dance with somebody and pass underneath their arms and oh my god <laughs> like the trauma is coming back <laughs> oh my gosh i had a very different experience because we in middle school we didn't do dancing wasn't like a ever PE activity we had um that was square dancing and stuff was elementary school so like fifth grade oh um so we were we didn't have gym clothes obviously so we were just like kids like learning how to dance in the gymnasium for like exercise that for, like, so a much nicer weeks. it was so much more nicer than this <laughs> mine was yeah. during like... middle school and it was horrific <laughs> Nah, we were just kids dancing around. Well, we had to watch my gym teacher do the demonstration for us. And let's put it this way. The man, he was the emblem of a square. Like, he had just hard edges, like a hard edge square face and a hard edge just body. And then watching him do what he, it was the dance called the tush push. And it's oh, like it, it's what it sounds. And him gyrating back and forth to demonstrate how no. we had to wiggle our hips no. was just, it's still, I, I this is bringing back trauma <laughs> god the tush push that sounds like something like my grandmother which like we went down to the sock, the hop, sock and we all did hop, the tush yeah. push <laughs> yeah it was a lot of that see we did line dancing which is much smarter on the pe teacher like because it doesn't involve touching no, you just yeah, have to exactly when you basically do the electric yes, slide for yes. an hour uh, like when you don't have to yeah when you don't have to partner up and smell each other's bo that's it's it's a little bit better um but still see, doing it in your gym clothes um it's yeah a little yeah. scarring see we did we did line dancing waltz tango oh that's fun Oh, that's interesting. I still don't know how to do any. <laughs> yeah. It, it made an impression. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how, okay, so the they're basically doing a tape, like, which is great, because it says that the drill instructor is on the stereo, so they're listening to a tape, so it makes me feel like it's a rainy day and the PE teacher didn't have any other lessons planned, so they're <laughs> like, you're going to do square dancing, <laughs> and... Jake says, I promenaded, which consisted of walking like a big honking goober around in a circle. Goofy goobers, yeah! (laughs) 
Um, he switches partners to Rachel, who's kind of like teasing him and uh, like egging him on. And he considers swinging her into the nearest wall, but notes that Rachel is less share from Clueless and more Xena Warrior Princess. That's a good reference. That is a bingo. Well, Xena Warrior Princess, but I liked the share reference <laughs> from Clueless. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love how intimidating Rachel is to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like... He's like, in other words, I was just a little bit scared of her. I'm like, yeah, you are. Because she's badass. Anyway, um, so Cassie shows up and she's not even in this class. So Jake thinks that she's going to like look at him with pity in her eyes. But instead, she's laughing so hard that tears are rolling down her face. And so he retaliates by pulling her into the circle of square dancing. And then Rachel's like, cool, I get to take a break. So she's like, not laughing anymore, but she takes the opportunity to tell Jake that Tobias wants to meet with the other Animorphs after school because something big is happening. In the middle of this, suddenly, there is a bright flash and Jake finds himself in a jungle falling through the trees. Uh, He sees some monkeys and they're coming towards him. And then there's another flash and he's back in the classroom square dancing with Cassie. Yeah, you know, Cassie asks if he's okay, but he excuses it as, like, daydreaming, and she probably thinks he's just, like, worried that Tobias is going to get them all killed. So <laughs> she accepts that as an answer. Yeah, The thing, too, though, like, by the very end of this book, you're like, oh, like, it actually wasn't something that big. They all, like, they pretty much went through all of right? that for, like, a... And he doesn't tell them, and he's all cryptic about it, and it's like, okay, like... You didn't need to be like that, but okay. So cut to after school. Jake's walking home with Marco. They also note that they are walking home together and not with the other two human Animorphs because they're keeping the relationships the same as they were before they became Animorphs. Yeah, then I figured you guys probably had a comment on this. Marco says, personally, I figured Tobias has found some really good roadkill and he wants us to share. And Jake says, yeah, that's probably it. I said tolerantly. Marco's approach to everything is to joke about it, especially when he's worried. And we mentioned this a few books ago about how like, Marco will joke about Tobias in ways that the other Animorphs will not. Yeah. And he kind of, Tobias kind of appreciates it. Like, makes it feel normal. So Jake notes that he's worried about that hallucination or vision, but he's kind of ignoring it and hoping it goes away. Priority number one is figuring out what Tobias wants. So they spot a hawk, or Marco spots a hawk that's up above, and it's like, oh, is that Tobias? Well, if it is, he's seen us already. So the hawk drifts closer to them until he's in thought speak range and it is Tobias. So Tobias, instead of telling them what's happening is like, we got to go like move faster and get to move on and get in the air. So Jake and Marco go to Marco's house because his dad is still at work. And when he comes inside, Marco yells, Hey dad, I'm going to change all the settings on your stereo. Yeah. Just to see <laughs> if his dad was actually there. <laughs> Cause he's like, that, that would have gotten him. Darn kids. And my I know thermometer thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Step away from the third thermostat. <laughs> yeah so they go up to marco's room they morph their raptor morphs marco is osprey and jake is um peregrine falcon we get a description of the morphing which includes the nugget my lips became as hard as fingernails mm, very delicious lovely I kind of gloss over some of the morphing descriptions, uh, so I missed that one. So thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, I thought we doing that too. Like, I read a little bit, and then i just like, okay, like, they're going to go on for, like, a lot about this. Like. Yeah. I used to do that too when I was a kid, because I was just like, okay, I'm bored. 
So Marco also references the last book. We do get several references to previous books. Um, Marco says, last time I was an Osprey morph, some peregrine falcon took a shot at me. Referencing like when Tobias had to save his ass. Yeah, Tobias <laughs> saves everybody's ass. <laughs> he has, he has a, a good, he, yeah, he's a good hard scorecard of uh, saving everybody's tush. <laughs> yeah. And he's not afraid to throw yeah. himself in there. He'll just like. No, I'm a bird yeah. and I, I have powers. <laughs> yeah. And so to, they get outside, they join Tobias, and he's like, we're going to Safeway, <laughs> which we should definitely, right. like, add that to our map yeah. to be like, okay, where, where do they call it? Safeway? And where do they call it? Vons or Kroger? Safeway or is Northern Not California, Kroger. I know for sure. It, because it was Vons even in Central California and, like, slow. So, um... Yeah, we have Vons down here in San Diego. Yeah. So, it's... That's, I'm not sure if Safeway exists outside of California. Oh, okay. All right. Google's. Because I ha- I I've, I've only been to Arizona, but like not in like a more domestic grocery type store. And then in Texas, they have like different brands. So yeah. Winn-Dixie. And Nevada. It's all casinos. So. <laughs> so, okay. So they're on their way to Safeway and then Cassie and Rachel join them in their bird morphs. Tobias reminds them to fly separately so as not to arouse suspicion from controller bird watchers. Okay, so I have a question, though, for the bingo card. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is Tobias mentions thermals. Tobias didn't mention thermals, but Jake, I think, did talk about thermals. Yeah, I- I'm pretty sure that they all know what thermals are because of Tobias. <laughs> so we can just say mentions thermals. Okay, because I am going to, I wanted to exit out because I was like, they actually... <laughs> thermals were talked about early on. <laughs> uh, by the way, yeah. uh, Safeway... All around the U.S., uh, not just California. I mean, there's the most locations in California, but uh, spanning okay, spanning so that's across, not help us spanning at all. across the U.S., <laughs> even in Hawaii and Alaska. Oh, oh, work. Well, dang. All right, mm-hmm. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Valiant effort, folks. Um, so they get to the Safeway, and there's a giant hole in the side of the building. And Tobias also points out that there's some skid marks on the ground leading up to the Can building. Can pause? I was so excited with this description. I'm like, oh, big animal, big animal, monster, monster, monster. <laughs> boy, I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a bug fighter, probably. It is a bug fighter. But a special yeah, bug boring. fighter. It's a special bug fighter, it yeah. crashed into the building. But it's just like with the marks and everything. Oh my gosh, it could be a big monster. Cool, it crashed. And no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no new aliens. So they also spot Vice Principal Chapman, who is in charge of the cleanup crew, which seems weird. I know. I love it. He's just so versatile. <laughs> he just puts on any hat that is needed for the York takeover invasion. Just like, is that not just like is that not suspicious to anybody? Like <laughs> you guys don't have yeah, any right. York. Yeah, no, anybody that's not a controller around there, just like, why is this like principal guy that I recognize? Uh, I just mean, like... pay our teachers more. Maybe he's a construction supervisor <laughs> when he's not like maybe maybe doing he's a construction cool supervisor and then a vice principal part time. <laughs> he buys yeah. moonlights as a vice principal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, if it was a teacher, that would make sense because teachers don't make that much, so we got to supplement our income with podcasting. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, I have I I. Hey, check out my coffee, which now exists on my Twitter, um, to give us money to pay for our microphones. Ooh. Ooh. Everybody. Anyway, plug. <laughs> buy me a coffee or breakfast. That would be great. Mimosas. Anyway, 
<laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, my husband accident. This is side note. My husband accidentally bought a giant jug of orange juice because he put oranges on the shopping list, and Alexa heard orange juice. So, oh, mimosas for days. Interesting. Okay, I mean, like, nothing wrong with having a bunch of orange juice, but I understand. I'm like, <laughs> did he just, like, reach for the wrong thing at the store? No, I Alexa not... did it. Got it. <laughs> yes. I have not had orange juice by itself since I turned 21. What? I, I love OJ by itself. Like, I it's, do I drink it. I drink it a lot all the time, except at Trader Joe's. They sell, like, tangerine juice, which I like better. Ooh, that does sound good. Um, and, but I, I love drinking orange juice. It's also my favorite mixer. Like, I swear to God, like, I can drink like alcohol indefinitely as long as it's mixed with oj <laughs> like i swear to god like like it just like does not like sometimes like without with like liquor you got to be careful because like it'll sour your stomach and you want to vomit but for me like if it's with oj like all night all long Fun. so much i will just drink if it's got oj i guess i could buy some vodka but you know i like mimosas mm. anyway i have mimosas with dinner sometimes nice. it's not just for breakfast <laughs> anyway so as they're flying around, they also spot six or seven people on the roof who look like they might be part of the Secret Service. And Rachel spots one of them hiding a machine gun under their jacket. So that's what cool. What type of jacket Definitely do you normal have? Just construction. like Matrix-style trench coat jacket. I know, right? <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, Agent Smith now that oh, you said yeah. that. So uh, the others are like, hey, Jake, what do we do? This is very much like the burden of leadership. Oh, at, like this whole which, book, book is Jake griping about being the leader, and which I totally yeah. get because I highlighted a lot of parts. Um, and I was like, I was like, yeah, Jake, like he's just like he's like over. Well, to be fair though, it's like nobody, like the only other person that really contributes, like um, plan wise, is like Cassie and Tobias. <laughs> like Marco does, but. Oh, he will more later. I just feel like Jake does a lot of the heavy lift. Like Jake, well, Jake does the decisions. He just like they they are like we don't want the responsibility of the decisions to pass it on to him. Yeah, well, he's good at in the moment decisions for the most part, whereas they tend to make a lot of long term planning. Cassie does a lot of good long term decisions. Yeah, as a group with democracies or drawing straws, I guess. Like last the last few times, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, in the meantime, while they're all like, Jake, what do we do? He has another flash. And this time he sees the face of a very big cat, very close to his face. Um, but before the very big cat can eat him, he flashes back to the present and gets flustered. And everybody's like, again, Jake, what do we do? Like, very, like, obviously. (laughs) I just watched Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse like seven Uh times. And there's a part where all the spider people are like, Miles, you got to be able to fight and get back up again. And they're all yelling at him. And that's very much this. Okay. (laughs) I mean, still. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, So the Yerks are trying really hard to clean up this mess really fast. So they decide they have to do something tonight. Um, Cassie does note that the last time they rushed into something, it worked out badly for them. And they almost Every died. Every time they've rushed and into Marco, something has worked out badly for them and they've almost died. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Marco, of course, is like very nearly died. And it's like, yeah, no, you died, buddy. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you can talk about it. Please get some help. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> These poor children. I assume this is the 90s. So go do a therapist and get prescribed Adderall. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is all fear depression. So... 
Um, they're kind of flying towards the forest. They go to demorph. Tobias goes off to look for Axe. And Cassie's like, okay, what morph is going to be good for this? And they're talking about that. And then Axe shows up in spectacular fashion by leaping over all of their heads and landing nimbly on the forest like, floor. Um, grace. <laughs> sure, you're not trying to show off. It's fine. <laughs> So Tobias has already filled him in on the situation, so we don't have to hear that again. And basically, they have narrowed it down to fly or cockroach morph because it's in, like, trashed grocery store. And there's going to be a lot of both. Also, Axe says, I will do whatever Prince Jake orders. And Jake says, Axe, don't call me Prince. And he says, yes, Prince Jake. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he does it on purpose. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And they are like, okay, we're going to have to morph across the street and across the street. So cockroaches are out. We're going to have to do flies. And that's good because there's already like a trillion flies in the grocery store. Because electricity is out, so everything's starting to go bad. Tobias says, and yeah, this is kind of like another thing about Tobias he's like I can help you find your way in the dark and Jake's like well your vision isn't that great in the dark and Tobias is like car lights street lights I'm just saying maybe I can help a little Tobias really Mm -hmm. hauls his own and just goes above and beyond the call of duty throughout this whole book he he gets like all of his tail feathers he he, is seriously helping them so much later on like when they're stuck in the jungle and just like even here he he really is it would have been interesting if this was a tobias book honestly yeah or cassie too because the narration says tobias sometimes becomes frustrated because he can't go on all the missions i understand i feel sorry for him but that's the way it is i was about to tell him that when cassie jumped in tobias you're the only reason we even know about this you discovered it you showed it to us the least we can do is take the next step and jake's like cassie's so good at fixing hurt feelings better than me that's for sure and i'm like yeah yeah what you were about to say was kind of shitty. So okay, Jake, a lot of what her. Jake says during this book is kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, and it's like everybody gets mad at him for kind of good reason. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we're going to come back in a few hours. When the sun goes down, we're going to meet up around 7.45. And so they all head home to go do their homework and stuff. And Jake is immediately greeted by his dad, who reminds him that the, quote, big fight is on tonight. This was random. Um, like, uh... It, they went they it's... went kind of deep into this, and I'm just like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got car- family characterization. We've got the reason why they were at a specific time, because time is important in this book. Um, yeah. His dad. Uh, oh, yeah. To preface this, every chapter is starting with a different time segment. And so you kind of clue in at the beginning, this is, like, formatted differently than the other books. Because, like, at the first, like, chapter, it's, like, what starts at, like, 1.20 p.m. or something like that. And then each chapter yeah. is, like, 3.35 and, and whatnot uh, going forward. Yes. Um, ends around, ends around 8 something. So. 8.50 something. Yeah. 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 The, the book happens over, mm-hmm. you know, not super long. Like, over a seven hour period. Yeah. Yep. Twice. Spoilers. Um, Yeah. So his dad's like $40 on pay-per-view, corn chips, bean dip, loud grunting male noises, beer for me, and soda for you and Tom. Okay, this seemed really steep for pay-per-view, but I honestly pirate if we want to watch a... a, uh, Oh, yeah. We we, we pirate if we want to watch a fight, guys. (laughs) But I did not know that was uh, the price even back in the 90s for this. Yeah, I was really... Yeah, man, it must be a big fight. I always feel like pay-per-view was very expensive, at least in, like, media, like how they do it in shows it was always like a steep price and i was like who the fuck would pay this much 
for like such a like a one. It would have to be a big home. party with like a lot of people. Because you know, if you go to the movies with a bunch of people, it's ten, at that time ten bucks a person. Yeah, but like, what if your fight <laughs> was like like so short? You're like, I paid this much for like how much a three round oh no not even that you can have just like within the first like 10 seconds like a one hit ko and the person's just down like that that happens yeah that's why um lately it's been shitty youtubers who people hate because anyone people will usually pay to see someone they hate get punched in the face (laughs) so (laughs) jake had completely forgotten about this whole fight thing and his dad's like, starts at 7 o'clock, do your homework, eat something containing vegetables to make your mom happy, then grab some couch. I think even if you're not trying to save the world, this is really relatable because when you're a teenager, it's like, man, I had plans. But yeah. <laughs> since my family wants to schedule some forced bonding time, I have to cancel those plans that I actually wanted to do. I, I at least love for this that um, Tom... Uh, or has like that's his brother's name why am i like blanking on it? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right, you're right. Is, is also at least struggling too uh, quick yeah. spoiler but also um just like the amount of like stereotypical masculinity <laughs> in these, oh like, yeah out- i have this all uh, written down yeah can we point out how they treat his mom <laughs> i i was like this I... is like I think it's mostly sarcastic. I don't know. I I mean, the characters seem happy, so maybe that works for their relationship. Like, sometimes stereotypical, you know, gender norms work for people in their relationships, um, which is, you know, good for you if you're generally happy. Not saying they're, you know, good or bad inherently all the way, but I was just like, I was like, ugh. It was just a little derogatory. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Jake's like, I'll be there. Don't eat all the bean dip. You know what happens when you eat bean dip. (laughs) And then uh, his mom comes in and is like, am I even allowed in here? Uh, She asked mockingly. When does this room become the temple of male aggression? And his dad says, not till seven. Until then, we will allow females, especially if the females remember to pick up chips on their way home from work. This is is where I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and she says, Chips, wouldn't you rather enjoy some nice carrot sticks and hummus dip? My dad and I just stared at her. Kidding, she said. Just kidding. I have chips. <laughs> and I, I think they're playing it up, like, because they do say, like, male grunting and, and like, male aggression and stuff. So I do think they're playing it up as, like, a bit, but it is also the 90s. I, know, so. I, feel, so. I feel like I they were trying to really characterize this family as, like, the penultimate like here's this white suburban Leave middle it to be yeah. Shit. Yeah. like just like it's like it's way it was like way too for me like I get... stereotypical and like like gender normy and not in like any great way i was like oh my god his dad's a pig i hate it the mom you can do better <laughs> yeah drop his ass. okay it's just he gets off his ass he can buy the own goddamn chips and women like fights too right. yeah yeah maybe i she uh, i get the feeling beating <laughs> i'd like to think maybe she's in the other room placing bets and like making a score of money while they're just being douchebags on nah, she, she's, <laughs> in the, she's in the other room drinking from a like cocktail she's, yeah. she's reading a romance magazine because her life is hollow <laughs> she's reading she's drinking red wine sorry <laughs> <laughs> not a co- or white wine i guess um, I kind of want his mom to be I a get... booze hound. I'm making up my own terrible, like, stereo- stereotypes <laughs> okay. of, like, unhappy I, I'm 90s making, women. I'm making his mom a bookie, apparently. So, like, we're each taking... Yeah. This is a time-traveling book, so we're now, like, just segmenting the one peripheral character off into some deep shit. 
<laughs> some Queen's well, remember Gambit in too, here. Jake's mom is a writer, so I get the feeling this is Kay Applegate just speaking directly into the camera, like <laughs> just talking about her oh, own husband and child. <laughs> yeah, so that might be that might be a little bit of it. <laughs> um, so Jake speeds through his homework, which he notes does not give him a lot of time to think. Um, his mind drifts to Tom, and he wonders if Tom is able to enjoy the fight a little bit, even though he is a controller, and reminds himself that he's doing all he can to help Tom. Also, uh, when the fight show, uh, when the fight happens, he notices that Tom is also anxiously checking his watch, and Jake is like looking into the kitchen where he can see the clock on the uh, microwave. So they're both just like waiting until it's over. Um, so they can both go to the same place. Watch, they forgot to do daylight savings or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So so the fight, unfortunately, this fight randomly does not end until round eight. So as soon as the knockout happens, Jake is like leaping up, lunges at the C, the lunges at the VCR and removes the tape. Um, that they, of course, recorded because they paid 40 bucks for mm. that shit. <laughs> See, nobody was and... bitching about, that's pirating, old school. Like, nobody's bitching about, like, right. tape-recorded shows. <laughs> Gotta tape my stories. But you can't distribute it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's like, can I take this over to Marco's house? And they're like, well, it's dark, blah, blah, blah. And so they're talking, but then he has another flash. This time, he's surrounded by green plants, and Marco is talking and is in the middle of a sentence and says, in a jungle fighting brain-stealing aliens and 10,000 annoying species of bugs. And our resident alien space cadet is a hot-looking monkey. Somebody wake me up when we get back to reality. So when he gets back to reality, (laughs) his dad is saying, walk, don't ride your bike, not at night, especially not when it's about to rain. Put a pin in that. So he goes up to his room. I guess they didn't watch him leave the house or whatever. (laughs) And he flies out the window, takes him about 25 minutes to get to the empty motel that's across the street from the grocery store. He crash lands and like really eats shit. (laughs) He's like tumbling wing over Talon. And there's this kind of cute moment where Cassie runs up and picks him up to see if he's okay. And then puts him down because he's starting to demorph. And then once he's human again, everybody's like, okay, we're going to do this or what? especially Rachel looking at him very expectantly. And he feels an unusually eerie sense of hesitancy. Um, He checks his watch. It's 8.19 p.m., which he feels is relevant in some way, but he can't figure out why. Even though he's having random hallucinations, he decides to go ahead with the plan. He has a watch and he can morph and still have the watch when he comes out of morph. Because I thought that in the whole first few books, they had to put a watch on uh, Tobias. Yeah, pretty sure that is a mess up, a screw up. Ah. And they also and they also do something with hit, something around his neck later in the book too. Yes, with the morphing. So guess he just lost the watch. Yeah. Okay. Yes, maybe it was a tiny watch. I don't know. So they uh, that he could carry with his falcon, but probably not. So they decide to go ahead with it. They morph flies, which is very gross. But once they're actually in the morph, they're having a good time because it's very fun to fly as a fly. Um, yes. They make their way across the street to the grocery store, but it starts to rain. And also Tobias is like, you need to get more altitude because there's cars coming. Um, and so they fly as high as they can. But Jake's about to get hit by a big truck and has to, like, really try to escape, 
has another flash. This time, he sees a human arm throwing a spear at him. Put a pin in that. <laughs> I forgot how many flashes there were there was before a the actual thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so he just barely misses the windshield when he returns to reality. But it's pretty close call. So finally, after the rain and the cars and everything, they make it to the grocery store to see that the controllers have literally just taken earth movers and shoved everything in the store into one corner. So there's tons of flies and like hundreds of them. So they're fine. Um, There's this interesting kind of point where... Cassie says that she hears Chapman's voice, which makes perfect sense because she's the one who was listening to Chapman in Flymorph. Um, So Cassie lands on Chapman's bald spot and listens to him and discovers that this is some sort of experimental bug fighter that crash landed in the store. The person he's talking to says it's almost ready to fly again, which is good because Visor 3 is about to murder someone if it's not out of there in three hours. Suddenly, Tobias chimes in and says that he sees a bunch of nervous human controllers with the machine guns on the roof. And they're talking about what they should do, and Jake jokes that they should steal it and land it on the White House lawn. I noted here that they do not try to go ahead with their old plan of giving it to Axe to fly back to his homeworld. Remember how that was a thing they were going to do? You know, I just had a thought, too. I feel like they should all get doped up on morphine and then, like, fly high and then morph into elephants just high enough where the fall doesn't kill them, but they can just, like, wreck stuff. And then, like, because they're not in pain, they won't be super distracted and then they can demorph. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was just like, this is what I want to do. That's an elaborate plan. Just break Also, if (laughs) if they morph, then the drugs go away. So you'd have to get, like, elephant tranquilizers. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, free from every store. So Tobias is like, hey, Axe, can you fly that thing? And he's like, I'm an Andalite. That's just a Yerk fighter. Even if it is experimental, no second-rate Yerk technology is too sophisticated for me. (laughs) So they're like, okay, let's steal it and park it on the White House lawn. So they're like, okay, no more than, like, five humans can fit inside that bug fighter. There's no way they have Hork-Bajir here right now. They go into the bug fighter as um, as flies, and they're like, okay, perfect. There's five people in here. And Jake gives a signal to Tobias, who plunges straight through the hole in the roof and circles around the room. Controllers start to shoot at him. And just as they suspected, the technicians inside the bug fighter run outside Again, of it. Tobias really carries everybody here. Yup. And gets shot at and... They're like, okay, Tobias, get out of there. And he's like, um, they're shooting through the hole in the ceiling. I can't escape. And Jake's like, oh, shit, I should have yeah, thought no, of that. <laughs> Step one of Jake being too hard on himself this book. Well, no, he. this is step one of Jake putting, like, Tobias, Axe, and others, like, in danger and not thinking through, like, their escape route to actually get Exit out. Exit strategy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. But, like, I feel like... I guess he just spends too much time feeling sorry for himself about it. And it's like, yeah, you should feel bad, but just learn and move on because you've got you've got a deal. I, I feel like this book is in a great thought. time where you really see like his mental fortitude is up there. I think it's like you sort of see like it wearing on him a little bit. And then I think just like how quickly things were happening. Like, obviously, they got off schedule. I just feel like he's just like, he's just like, we just got to push forward and we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it instead of just like taking a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Jake is like, okay, Tobias, get in the bug fighter. And 
It isn't until a shot clips his tail feathers that he agrees, so he shoots into the bug fighter, and a horrifying half-fly, half-andalite axe closes the door behind him using one of the control panels. Cassie, of course, demorphs fastest, starts checking Tobias for wounds. Outside, the controllers are panicking and start to activate the earth movers to ram the bug fighter. But just before they can, Axe is able to get it airborne, and they get the hell out of that grocery store very quickly, oh. which causes all of the human and, uh, animorphs to fall over. Okay, really quickly, though, I want to go through our bingo card, but we have so far. <laughs> um, just so yeah. everyone doesn't forget, we are playing bingo. We do have Brand Drop Safeway. Jake doesn't know what's going on. It's like all the time, but the flashes. Um, begin- <laughs> this is the beginning of the book shenanigans. Um then we've got Xena Warrior Princess. Well, beginning of the book's shenanigans is specifically non-Yerk stuff. It's like when they use it like to do a project yeah. at school or free elephant. a hawk. Yeah, or, or elephant line or whatever. Dancing. Like, or line dancing. I get, yeah, they, yeah, there's line dancing. That's fair. That's line I was like, shenanigans. Yes. I was like, so I'll, I'll be a little bit more critical of that one on the future. But um, <laughs> yeah. we had Xena Warrior Princess. Um to the thermals um we have body morph or morph body horror uh we've got our free square in the center um and then um that is it so far yeah there... you know what i should add is axe can't believe humans walk around on two legs <laughs> and then there should you should get two points for cinnabon anyway Wait, <laughs> that's like a drink twice situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. We don't we don't have it this book, but I'm just saying in general. Yeah. So Axe is smug that he doesn't fall over. Um, and he also says, so they're flying, they're flying. They're not going very quickly. And Axe notes that the controls are designed for the many hands um, of a taxon. And suggest that one of them maybe take the weapons controls to help out. And Marco's like, cool, and leaps towards the controls. But Jake is closer, and so he's able to grab it. The weapons controls are an actual joystick. Yeah. Hmm. Sophisticated. <laughs> yes. And well, and Axe is like, oh, how primitive. I'm sure. He doesn't say that in the narration, but you know he's thinking uh, he it. He calls a lot of other things primitive. <laughs> There should, be, yes. there should be another bingo square for, like, Andalite smugness. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. We'll add we'll add these to the list, and it can be one of those mix-and-match bingo cards. So Marco, since he doesn't get the controls, starts to have some fun and goes into what we can only assume is a pitch-perfect Picard impression. Um, phasers on full power, he said in a Captain Picard English accent. Arm for... T- Arm photon torpedoes. If the Borg want to fight, we'll give them one. Make it so. (laughs) And Jake fires just into empty sky to, like, test it. And Marco's like, yes, most splendid. Oh, my God. Pew, pew. And they're just, like, both, yeah, both going pew, pew. And Cassie's like, boys and their toys. That was a line that was from uh, a James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. So... Then they realize the cloaking field isn't working, and they almost get shot down by air, the Air Force. They tap into the radio signals, and it's like, um, base control, I, um, bogey is of an unknown type. Say again, unknown type. And then another guy responds, definitely unknown, way unknown, which is like, 
okay, are we time traveling already? Because this is Jake and Marco from the future. (laughs) So Axe finally gets a handle on the controls and is able to zip them away from the planes before they get shot. Cassie notes it's really pretty outside and they can see the sunrise over the Red Sea, which is not where they're supposed to be going. Then Axe snaps at Jake, which is very uncharacteristic because he's panicking because the bug, uh, sorry, the blade ship has shown up. In space. They're in space. In space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, kind of. They're in like low Earth They're orbit or like pointed, high atmosphere. Yeah, pointing towards the moon. And the blade ship is coming yeah. down from the moon. Head on. Uh, confrontation. Basically. Oh, is that the end of mine? I think that's the end of mine. That's it. Dun, dun, dun. That's all I yes. have. <laughs> I literally put dun, dun, dun in my notes. <laughs> blade ship. We do it every yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I'll pick up. Yes. So the blade ship has appeared. Yes. I'll pick up where we left off here. Um. So it's very exciting because the blade ship uh, in Visitor 3 uh, appeared and was in front of them looming in, you know, the light of the, the moon and in space. And they can't outrun it. Axe reminds them that, like, hey, this is the blade ship that destroyed his dome ship, and they're in a bug fighter. <laughs> they only have a small chance, uh, and that is possibly fight the blade ship with a lucky shot. So Jake arms the controls, and Axe flies uh, the bug fighter into gear and straight towards the blade ship. Axe says, ready to fire, and it wasn't a question. Just not yet, not yet, not yet. Not yet. Wait until now. Then Jake sweeps the red target circle towards the black diamond head of the blade ship and he squeezed the trigger. He's kept on squeezing and a brilliant Dracon stabs towards the blade ship. But at the same instant, the visitor fired and Dracon hit Dracon head on. The explosion threw them back all around the ship. The bug fighters started to spin out of control and hurled itself back towards Earth. They saw the blade ship and it was in free fall with them, all twirling towards the planet. Cassie noticed the important, like, a very important thing, though, as they fell. It was dawn in the Middle East, Cassie said. Now it's daylight in the Western Hemisphere. Axe got the ship somewhat in control and was able to slow down their fall. Then as they were about to crash, Jake had a flashback to square dancing, and then he flashed back to seeing all green and blacked out. Jake woke up in the jungle with all this raucous noise from animals to insects, you know, make uh, all sorts of noise around him. There was even a large beetle crawling over him that was several inches uh, long, and he quickly brushed it off, uh, not exactly happy that he's now covered in bugs. I tried to Google this beetle, and I don't think it was a real beetle, although I did not admittedly try very hard, (laughs) because... The first beetle that came up when I googled black and yellow striped beetle uh, was not very pretty, so... Uh, there's big beetles in the Amazon, and yeah, yeah. I, I can't attest to that particular beetle mink there, but so far with uh, Applegate, she's done her research fairly well, and so pro- pro- yeah. probably she's uh, referring to something that she, uh, she say... Knows yeah, exists. exists. Yeah, I would... Yeah. Yeah, everything else that she's mentioned throughout the rest of this book is definitely flora and fauna related to the Amazon basin. So it probably exists. Probably, but I couldn't okay. find it. So. <laughs> I will say with due to playing a lot of Animal Crossing lately, there are beetles of this size. <laughs> <laughs> In color. <laughs> My other note here is the odds of them surviving this crash and being like especially that they're thrown from the yeah not, not with any just, padding like, or anything from them but they're thrown into the jungle uh, as they're flung out from the bug fighter it's um 
they would have exploded. <laughs> like, they would have been pudding. Yeah. What Jake should have done is when he saw the blade ship and knew that they were probably going down is ordered them all to morph cockroaches because cockroaches can survive anything. It's not a bad idea. Except for him and, and Axe. Sorry, y'all. You, <laughs> at least the others will live. But, you know, everybody else go cockroach. So at least four, three of you will survive because Tobias can't morph. Sorry, buddy. Okay, so Jake is on the forest floor waking up. There's a big beetle on him. But then there's also cr- ants crawling all over him. Says, I felt itchy, crawling feeling on my leg. And it was ants. There was dozens of them climbing up his shin. And he says, I've been an ant. So you think maybe I have some sympathy for them? But wrong. I slapped at my leg till I was sure they were all gone. <laughs> he started getting his bearings. Jake was definitely in a jungle and it was a rainforest. He was alone and none of the others were around him. And he figured he was thrown from the bug fighter as it crashed, but the ship must not be that far away. The jungle itself was very humid, and he felt lost and really turned around, and he's not sure where everybody else could have landed. So basically, forests that he's used to, you could see maybe like hundreds of feet off through the thick of the trees, but within this dense jungle, you couldn't see a few, uh, uh, like a hundred feet. You couldn't see even, you know, 20 feet ahead of you. Everything was just so overgrown. And thankfully, Tobias finds Jake and confirms that everybody is alive. On a personal note, uh, these kids really need to acquire some snakes and particularly they need to acquire an anaconda while they're they're down there. (laughs) This is the opportunity. I mean, we learned an anaconda can apparently take down a horkbajir, so... Yeah. And, and they're great aquatic as well. They are. They can be underwater. I learned that from the documentary, Piranaconda. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, you didn't learn it from J-Lo and Ice Cube on uh, that an- bad anaconda movie? <laughs> oh, don't oh, even. The anaconda movies? That was movies? on in a hotel one time. Oh, my God. An- it's so bad. The anaconda movies are great pieces of cinema <laughs> along with... Cr- Along with Crystal Lake, and I won't hear anything else about oh, it. Oh, no, besmirching. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have that with your mimosa and just kick back. You can pry those two things from my cold bed. Yeah. I mean, it took, like, one of the, like, people are terrified of snakes, and it made it, like, the jaws of snakes. Like, Crystal Lake was, like, the jaws of crocodiles or alligators, whatever. And I'm just like, maybe I just have a soft spot for, like, those sorts of things, but, like, I, I, they're not still, like great movies i but. still love seeing like the cgi body of owen wilson stuck inside an anaconda as it's swimming away that's my favorite part of that movie <laughs> wow that does sound great <laughs> spoilers sorry folks if you hadn't seen the movie <laughs> so jake follows tobias through the jungle to find the rest of the group and he's making emphasis on how much he's sweating and gasping for air with the humidity Uh, It's not painted a very pretty picture of, like, trekking through the jungle in this book. There's a lot of hate for the jungle. Yeah. At one point, he's like, why do we even want to save this place? (laughs) Jeez, you are, uh, gosh, you have a very low melting point there, dude. (laughs) I do like how when Marco sees him, he's like, you're alive for now. (laughs) And that is an accurate prediction. (laughs) Well, when I first read that, I was like, is Marco pissed at Jake? (laughs) 
It like it's like I want to kill you, but no, I think it's like they're fucked. They're in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so Cassie hugs Jake as the rest of them notice that he's Aww. you know comes and joins them. Axe was working on the fallen ship, and Cassie presumes and starts kind of filling him in with the flora and fauna that they were likely in Costa Rica or in Amazon rainforest. And she says probably the Amazon. She said the question of where was easy, but it was the question of when they were is that's the real issue. She basically schools the rest of them into observing that they were in a different time of day for the Western Hemisphere than when they left Earth. It was dark and nighttime when they left and went up to space, and now it was the middle of the day, so something's wrong here. Axe said they must have created a Sario rip when the blade ship and the bug fire fired their dracon beams at another. That's a sentence you don't say every day. <laughs> yeah, brand new sentence. <laughs> a hole in space and time, basically, is what he's describing. They were now in the future or the past, potentially. They just weren't in their current timeline. So. Yeah, basically they're like, are we in the past or the future? And Axe says, yes. And I'm like, oh, hello, my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He does that all the time. (laughs) So Axe says it was 1.22 p.m., but he just doesn't know what day or year it was. Question, did he say Earth Minutes? Wait, never mind. Yeah, I know, seriously. (laughs) I always wonder, like, Axe, like, you come from a different world and, you know, space and time, I'm assuming is calculated differently. So I really, like, you know how he says Earth miles and Earth kilometers and Earth minutes. I I, I just want more of that acknowledgement that he is somehow omnipotent with uh, how this planet Mm -hmm. functions. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, also, also side note, um, since he mentioned this, uh, I think... Morgan, are Andalite calendars a thing? Because it would be really appropriate if there's like a calendar spread of acts doing like super cute things for every single month. Uh, yes, that would be cute. I Well, there's definitely Animorphs calendars from like 1999 or something. Yeah, there's on Seropedia a whole page for like non-book merchandise Aww. that was like official. So there you go. Check okay. that out. So Jake and the team took stock of... Uh, what was going on. They were out of time and they don't know when exactly they were. The bug fighter was beyond repair. They were lost in the Amazon rainforest and as Cassie pointed out, they were surrounded by very poisonous animals and plants. Tobias's plan didn't sound too bad in my opinion. He said, let's just all morph birds and fly back home. And Cassie just didn't seem up for this marathon. <laughs> she pointed out that they could only be more for two hours at a time and they couldn't fly for more than 20, 30 miles at most each hour. So that's about 60 miles max per morph. And then they're possibly like over a thousand miles away from any type of civilization. I'm just like, come on, Cassie, just buck up. Let's do this. Endurance. Go, go, go. Yeah. I also like how Axe, uh, apparently the Sario rip wiped out the ship's software so they can't they can't fly it until he rewrites it. And they're like, can you rewrite it? And he's like, yeah, but it would take me yeah. 20 years. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Then Axe stated that they were not alone. Some humans were watching them in the forest. He saw them through the trees. So Tobias flew up to investigate. And Jake keeps questioning Axe about the Sario Rip. He asks, like, as for the Sario Rip, Axe says, all, all I know is what it is. It's a rip in space time. And Marco's like, yeah, you told us that. And then Axe hung his head. I think, Prince Jake, we studied the Sario rip effect in school, but 
there was a game later that day and I was thinking about that game in class and then also there's this female who distracted me and then Marco laughed. Axe, are you telling us you were too busy flirting with some girl to pay attention to the lesson? Axe didn't answer. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Notably did not answer. Deafening silence. And he's like, I don't exactly know whether you can reverse a Sario rip. I remember some things, just not everything. And so Axe just confirms he cannot get the bug fighter back up and running in the time travel, like you said, Morgan erased the computer software on it. So they were kind of, they were stuck, essentially. None of them had seemed to know where the blade ship had crashed. And so they realized at this point, there's probably a shipload of Hork Bajir and Visitor 3 somewhere in the jungle trying to hunt them down. And then Tobias shouts at Jake to duck. And Jake ducks really fast and a spear shoots past him. A kid in the forest had thrown uh, a spear at Jake. And they noticed there was about three of them uh, in the forest, three humans. And Tobias confirmed that. And they all, those humans then started to hightail out of the out of there, away from the Animorphs. Cassie inspects the spear, and she says it looks to be poison-tipped. They're probably local people, she said, and they look to have some very dangerous weapons. Good job, Cassie. Yes, they they do. Yeah. And then, at that point, Tobias said there's a troop of Hork-Bajir, 20 to 30 strong, coming straight to them through the jungle. And, you know, that's a really good spot for us to end uh, right here. And we'll pick Dramatic up uh, the last half of the book next week. I have ti- I have micro, uh, micro animal fact. Yes. Because we did mention the poison dart frog poison. Um, I Googled it and it takes less than 10 minutes to kill you once the poison enters that enters your bloodstream. And there is no known antidote. Woo. We stand lethal nature. Poison dart frogs are so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty adorable. I had a bunch of little like gummy ones, like the ones that you could stretch and like sling against the wall um, that I got from like Rainforest Cafe when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Anyway, that's it. That's a, that's a whole micro <laughs> micro animal Gosh. fact. Uh, they uh, if. It wouldn't oh, kill also, if it wouldn't kill them to acquire a poison dart frog. It'd be so cool to acquire a poison dart frog. Um, yeah. Pin in that also. <laughs> poison tip spear. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, you can join us next week for the second half of Book 11, The Forgotten. Yeah, you can, in the meantime, uh, at me on your, what's your favorite, jaguars or leopards? <laughs> I'm at Morgan <laughs> underscore Slay, or you can get a hold of all of us at Middlemorph on Twitter. Check out my other podcast about bad Reddit relationships at are the letter you the word serious pod on Twitter. Please come share in our pain. <laughs> um, Jason, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at bottomus underscore prime. And you had said something that reminded me <laughs> wanted to say, um, oh crap, what? Now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was funny too. <laughs> was it Rainforest Cafe related? A little bit after that. Uh, best. What's better, leopard or jaguar? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything must be leopard print. That's a quote I, from a song. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're millennials. We were raised with the Lisa Frank. <laughs> if it's not rainbow leopard print, get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to see cheetah print. I don't want to see jaguar print. Gotta see that leopard print. <laughs> uh, Kate, where can people get a hold of you? 
Uh, I am not on social media, so you can get a hold of me by, you know, starting a story in like uh, in oral tradition and conveying your message through that way. And like Homer, like the odyssey of this story will eventually come to me in my ears and I will hear your message. Or if that's a little bit too much work, you can email us at <laughs> middlemorph at gmail.com. Woo, and yeah, we'll see you next week for the jungly part of this book. The jungling. Leopards abound. The ju- the jungling. The the jung jungin no, that's nothing. Go for the jungler. Anyway. The jungle <laughs> <laughs> The jungular. The jungular. Okay, we're done here. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.